Good afternoon. Welcome to our third um, podcast about thinking and discussing issues around grief and bereavement in these difficult times during the COVID-19. Unprecedented times for us, um, thinking about death and dying, it, it has been really different. And my name's Alison Bunce, I'm the Programme Lead for Compassionate Inverclyde and joining me today is Gwyneth MacDonald from Mind Mosaic and Ian Arthur from the Salvation Army in Port Glasgow. And the three of us have been meeting together, um, discussing, having conversations around trying to, to think and normalise death and dying at this time, but what does that actually mean and, you know, just discussing different things like me personally I've had in a close group of friends I've had four different types of bereavement all COVID non-COVID related um, a, a personal friend a friend of my mum's and um, a husband and a, a son of two other close friends and I think um, what has brought to mind is that although the death was normal, as in pe people were ill and, and died of that illness and not COVID related. It was, we were almost cheated out of having a normal funeral or, or thinking about um, how we meet up and, and talk about those, those deaths. So today we're having a conversation around just what, what has it felt like and what does it look like now for us and, and for people um, in our community who are, you know, have experienced similar things? It's an interesting one, Alison, isn't it? For me, there's, there's almost, there's no right or wrong way to grieve, but most of us would, would agree that it's always lonely. People grieve in their own way, but it's the love and the connectedness to other people that help you through that that help you to, to bear the emptiness. And, and over time, it's that connectedness that helps you adjust, I suppose, to your new reality. And we've not been able to have the connectedness in the same way you can at the, the physical connection to other people in the way that you can pre-COVID. And for me, that's a big part of what's different about it and why people might be, might be struggling a wee bit more. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it has been that thing of whilst everyone's want needs to grieve in their own way at their own time and their own pace, that actually the community that's not been there has meant that completely see us and how that feeling cheated of having a normal funeral would be there because actually it is a lot of the ritual around grief and around dying and around loss suddenly being stripped right back to what is the essential service if you like that needs to be performed rather than right what can we do to help say goodbye as they would want to which you know whenever i do a funeral i say to the family but this isn't a legal thing this isn't a thing of we have to do x y and z it's about what do you need to say goodbye in the best possible way and when your options are then limited in it's been really difficult actually to to have that conversation and be able to say yes to every single thing as we've gone along. It emphasises that loneliness, doesn't it? I, I was I was thinking um, as I attended my mum's friend's funeral uh, last week, and 
you know, about the celebration of her life, it meant that I listened to the words much more and were much more meaningful rather than actually, you know, getting to speak to, to people and, and connect with other people. I connected with this, the scripture and the, um, the poem that's were read, that was read and also just listening to the words from her family was probably for me more meaningful than I had experienced before, if that makes sense. But that feels like a positive out of that small moment, Alison. Yeah, definitely a positive thing. Um, and it, it will make me, in the future, just tune in to, to the words that people have chosen for their loved ones or that have said, have verbalised, um, rather than perhaps just being caught up in your own memories. There, there was a much more kind of strength of, of, and meaning. A connectedness, but a connectedness in a different way. Yeah. Definitely. I think it is interesting actually seeing how different ways that people have tried to show support for loved ones or to, to say goodbye or to grieve to, to actually find that that's been stripped away. It's it's really interesting to see how that's worked and how people have dealt with that. Um, because I think, you know, I'm sat here as, as a minister with my minister's hat on thinking, well, you know, I want to walk, we want to start. Sunday worship at some point in the future we can't sing we can't do this how does that all work and actually within the funeral setting there's that thing of well actually yeah, as Alison said the words suddenly become a lot more important because that's what you've got when it's you know suddenly being at a funeral isn't possible for everyone but actually there's a much more public goodbye when people are lining the streets for loved ones to drive past I mean, I was at a funeral drive past the other week there from someone I know from Greenwich Salvation Army. I mean, actually, to see the amount of support of people stood down those streets and that impact still to be there was, was really poignant. And actually, to be able to stand outside a place where this person worshipped was a special place for that person and clapping past, actually, it does give that communal goodbye and that sense of the community finding a new way. And I think we've seen a lot of that throughout this time of actually people, yeah, on the one side of things, having things stripped away, but on the other side, there's been a real creativity and a real engagement with words, with actions, with yeah, different ways of doing things. And much more visible as well. You know, there's a real sense of community there and a visibility to that. As part of the Inverclyde Community Action Response Group, as, as we've worked together, um, you know, reaching out into the community um, and meeting the community where they need to be met um, very organically. One of, I think one of the things that we've learned uh, along the way, and especially about the grief and bereavement, is, is just the, the, the whole connection thing, but the whole creativity and creative ways in which to help people and reach out to others. And I think one of the great things that, that, we're able, that we've been thinking about um, is perhaps writing down stories about loved ones. And in the next few days or the next week or so, we as a group will be asking, reaching out into the community and asking if anyone would like to share and write about some beautiful words about um, their, their loved one. Um, and how they lived 
So sharing the stories as memories and memorials um, to have during this time is another way in which it's a, it's a positive way of reaching out and that we can reach our community. That's a really, a really good point, Alison, isn't it? Because there's lots of research around therapeutic writing and about how beneficial it is to write down stories and write about your loved one or write about your loss and to be able to, to solace and even looking back in that. So actually to, to write that down and pop it in the memorial box and for it to be collated into a piece of work that you perhaps could access and, and have as a, a keepsake, a reminder of your loved one is, is wonderful, I think. And it's another way of kind of sharing that community story or that kind of community grief, if you like. And, and you know, when it said that publicness of the way that people have been clapped past and all that sort of stuff, actually it then goes a step further when we can share those stories perhaps more widely than we could have otherwise and, and just to keep those stories going because I think it's, you know, it's no secret that throughout the centuries and eons, the things down from family to family, from generation to generation, are the stories of what's happened before, the stories of the ones that have gone before. And that's a huge part of, of grief and a huge part of, of kind of coming to terms with, with loss as well, is actually telling that story and just keeping that story alive. And in a way, kind of keeping that person's spirit alive within you of, of just keeping that story going and just feeling the feelings that you need to get through that time and remembering the good times and the bad times and the flipping annoying times, the stuff that we all laugh about after a, a bonfire at the end of a funeral, actually being able to share that widely with people I think is great. I always I always find that at funerals, if I'm going to a, a loved one's funeral or a friend's funeral, actually, I always think it's really interesting that however close you were to that person, you'll always come away having learned a new thing about their life. It doesn't matter whether it's your granddad or your best mate, you'll come back and think, I never knew he liked that. And it's those little things I think, that really do help us to come to terms with things, to, to find that new normal and to keep moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. It's a, a great opportunity for people. So please take it and look out for the pink boxes in your local stores. Okay. So... Great. I, th I think look out for the pink boxes, keep the memories going, share your stories. Just it doesn't have to be perfectly written. It doesn't have to be a long memory, but just put your memory down on a piece of paper and look for the pink and purple boxes and share your story. So thank you. And, and I think just a last final thing, you will pick up a postcard beside the pink and purple boxes, which will tell you how to do that. But also, if you feel that you can't write, there's a number there that you can phone and tell us your story and we'll write it for you. So feel free to take that option if you'd rather. Okay, thank you very much for listening to our third podcast and look out for those boxes. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.